You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Today is January 6th, and all of you high liturgical church people know what January 6th is, right? It's Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany. Now, you may know what that word means. You may not know what that word means. It's not something that you use every day, uh, yet we probably experience it more frequently. And in, in the next slide, we'll see that the definition of epiphany is a moment of piercing awareness, the sudden jolt of understanding. Had any of those? Recently? Yeah. It was interesting as, as we were doing my mother's memorial service last Sunday night, <clears throat> I was just reflecting and going over all the things about mom. And one of the things that I remembered was back at, at the house on Rosedale Drive when it, it just was known to me, mom was the first one I shared it with, the epiphany. I said, mom... I'm going to marry Debbie Daly. She was the first one. And it was like it came into my awareness, and Mom was the first one I told. It was interesting. When you have an epiphany, you usually want to share it. When you gain an insight and something comes into your life, it's like, whoa. One moment you did not know what you know in a flash. It just comes into focus. Your awareness just comes in. And in our spiritual walk with Jesus, it's, it's happening all the time. You know, before you knew him, when you, when you were aware of, of, of your sinfulness and your need for a savior and everything, and it was just the condemnation and all the stuff that was pouring in, and then you had the awareness that Jesus has invited you to receive his forgiveness and to invite him into your heart. It's just amazing what happens. When the light bulb goes on, you go from out of darkness into light. And isn't that just amazing? And you never had another issue or problem from that point on. Right? No. What? Your spirit is born. You're, you're alive in Christ. You have that... Re- all that wonderful stuff going on inside, but you still have a whole generation, a whole life experiences that have trained you to perceive and think your reality in the way that you have perceived it until then. I think the Christian life is all about taking all the stuff that has been passed on generationally through the lines to us, and then all the years, anybody lived more than 20 years here? Yeah. Okay, all the stuff that's come to, and, and the way we see life and trade that for the way God sees life. How does he see you? How does he see life? How does he see the difficulties that you're facing, the circumstances that are surrounding you? And the more we are able to take ours and release it and receive his, the more we're going to be in alignment with his heart with his mind, with his will. (laughs) Jesus put it this way when he taught his disciples to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. The only way we get to know what heaven's like is through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as they reveal to us their reality of how things work in heaven, we get an opportunity to change our perceptions for his perception. And his is a whole lot better than ours. I guarantee it. So Epiphany is the season of celebrating the revelation of the Savior, (laughs) who's the light of the world. We usually start with Epiphany with the visit of the Magi, when the wise men come to Jesus and and the star, and, and finally the star stopping over the manger, and they have the Epiphany. This is what they've been following And here is the Messiah. Here is the Christ, the Son of God. It goes on to the baptism of Jesus. (laughs) We celebrate his baptism when Christ comes and humbles himself. And before he begins his ministry, he comes and he submits to the waters of baptism. And then we see it and it continues and it kind of climaxes with the beginning of his public ministry of signs and wonders with the wedding feast at Cana. Mm. And he enters there, and you know the story. They ran out of wine, and he really did a wonderful miracle. Mm. And they said, why did you save the best wine for last? Usually you, you get out the cheap stuff at the end, but here what Jesus makes is so good. What do we see with the Magi? We see that... He is worshipped as the king of kings. This is beyond just the Jewish nation. This is is wise men. This is magi. This is wealthy, regal, governmental figures that are coming and they're worshipping the king of kings. (laughs) In his baptism, it represents the time that the voice from heaven speaks over Jesus and said, you are mine, You belong to me. You're my son. But it's not just who you belong to. You belong to me, but I love you. My beloved son, whom I love. And then the last, oh, the approval. And with you, I'm well pleased. With you, I'm well pleased. So we get the love of Jesus, uh, the love of the father for the son manifested with his baptism. And then the miracle working of the Lord of the feast. Oh, the the great celebration. And it says that his disciples, because they saw and they knew what was happening when his mother came, it says, and they believed in him. You know, that's the the whole context of signs and wonders. It's not to razzle dazzle, it's to stimulate belief. It's to increase faith. It's to help us to see Jesus as he truly is, the Son of God. So as we look through all of this, we we see that the the focus of the ministry of Jesus through this epiphany season is when we reflect and meditate upon the life and ministry of Jesus, the calling of his disciples, the teaching of Christ, the miracles that he does, all the wonderful, wonderful miracles, the leper, the blind, the lame, uh, the, the deaf, the the mute, just demons cast out, all of that. And it climaxes with his transfiguration. 
And that's kind of the, the liturgical season of Epiphany, when we see and get new understanding of Jesus and his ministry. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes, you know, I've read the gospel so many times, and I've read the New Testament, Old Testament, you know, I, I feel like I know it all. And it's like, you know, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. It's hard to get anything new and fresh. But I find that the Holy Spirit is always taking some of the stuff that you are so familiar with, and he just breathes on it in a way that all of a sudden you see stuff there that you've never seen before. And that's why the word is living and alive. It's not just a written, it's written, but when the Spirit breathes on it, it comes to life, and it's a living word. And that's where we get those promises. When the Holy Spirit breathes upon it and, and we're able to take that word of God and put it in our heart, it becomes extremely, extremely dear to us and foundational to our faith and how we will then live. Epiphany of epiphanies is that there is here with Christ, it's not just a teacher, it's not just a prophet, he is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. So, obviously, when we, we think of what Jesus came to do, we find that when we see that Jesus is the light of the world, we realize that we are also called to be with him, and we partake in his ministry, his mission. And so we find that the light of the world calls us to let our light shine before others. And so now we become illuminaries. <laughs> we become those who, who give illumination so that people can have epiphanies of who Jesus is, that he is the Messiah, the Christ. And I just love all the different ways the Holy Spirit can orchestrate that. You can be going about your life and just doing stuff and overhear things. And the Lord speaks in Best Buy. The lady's talking about her headache on the telephone, talking on her cell phone, a worker that works at Best Buy. Got an excruciating headache. I think it's going to turn into a migraine. Bah, 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 bah. She gets off. Holy Spirit says, go pray for her. So I engage her. We talk. I find out what the, what's going on, and I just ask if I can pray. And she says, sure, because, hey, when people are hurting, they are desperate. They will allow you opportunity to share. And as I prayed for her, then we talked, because at the time I was looking at some, some kind of appliance. I don't know what it was, if it was a dishwasher. And then when we were done, I just said, well, how's your headache? She says, you know, it's completely gone. It's completely gone. Those are epiphany moments. Those are moments when first we're the one with the epiphany. Oh, God's here. Duh. He's in you. Everywhere you go, he is. And oh, there's a need. Oh, God wants to do something about that person's need. Oh, here am I. Send Debbie. No, no, no. Here am I. Send me. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do to help continue your redemptive expression of love to this person and then he will put something in your heart and you just have to follow it it's so simple and guess what they have an epiphany some of the funniest most wonderful joyous experiences <coughs> excuse me is when you get a word from the lord 
and you're able to give it to a person and all of a sudden they realize that God knows who they are. God knows where they are. God knows about their need in the situation and all of a sudden they become aware that this isn't, just isn't a stranger or a friend who's engaging me, but the Lord is seeing my situation and wants to do something about it. Oh, let's have some more epiphanies. Epiphany calls us to live God's mission, announcing good news of Christ's arrival to every culture and to those who live across the street. Let's not forget our neighbors. Bearing the light of Jesus to the nations. So we, the church, are sent out as the manifestation of Jesus to a watching world. Mm -hmm. No sweat. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And as Christ lives in you, and as we continue to grow in our journey and go from one degree of glory to another with an ever-increasing glory, as intimacy with him continues to be our focus, then it's just going to naturally flow that we're going to release the manifest presence of Jesus in the earth. So what are the epiphanies for you for 2018? What were your epiphanies? What were some of the things that all of a sudden the light bulb went on and you just realized, wow. Anybody have an epiphany in 2018? I see a hand. <laughs> Anybody got one that you want to just say, yes, this? Any? Yeah? Well, go ahead, say it out. Yes. No, not yes. Tell us what it was. <laughs> what was the epiphany that the Lord gave? in 2018 that just was boom. You didn't know it one minute and the next minute you were seeing it clearly. That showed me clearly that he's given me a new heart. Amen. He can actually, my new heart actually can worship him when my mind is not engaged. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you preached a sermon to that at point. Yep. We, we loved it. Yep. Just, I, my, it was a, at the mall, looking out for the, took care of the Korean woman who works at the store whose husband had died after a few years. Uh -huh. And she considered myself a guardian angel. There you go. There you go. Good, good, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Margaret. God is a healer. God is a Amen. healer. Amen. He heals. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, that's so good. Gloria? I am not an orphan. <laughs> Amen. I'll respond to that. A daughter, a daughter of the Most High. Amen. Amen. Man, these, these epiphanies. Michael? Does early 2019 count? Yes. Whoa. When he first arrived, he arrived just as anyone who was condemned would arrive. And he was completely separated from the Father. And when we talk about hell and the fires and everything, it's about that eternal separation to know that there was a love there of infinite worth that you will never, ever, ever, ever touch again. Jesus felt that times however many souls there were. Mm, good. Jack? 
Amen. Amen. Good. Well, when I think of the epiphanies of 2018, the first one I got is that love is the foundation of everything. You know, we, we always know love. We've read the scriptures. We know for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We know that we love him because he first loved us. We, we know no man has greater love than to lay down his life. For a, and we, we just got love, 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 love. But it's like, oh, man. It's amazing how we can get off on spiritual gifts, on signs and wonders, and, and on evangelism, and upon mercy and social justice issues and all the things like that, all of which are very, very important. But 1 Corinthians 13 says that without love, they're just noisy stuff. They're just activities. That love has to be the foundation of everything that we do and everything that we say. And learning how to love is, is so much. That's why I feel like the Holy Spirit proclaimed for us that 2019 is going to be the year of loving deeply. Yeah. Year of loving deeply. And, and, and going deeper with that. Now you're <clears throat> I'm going to share once again something that I've already shared a couple times, but it's so profound. <laughs> a young man that was married like for five months shared this revelation and I've shared it with you and I just want to share it again because the Lord keeps bringing it before me because do you know why the Lord keeps bringing things before you? They just re- Because you haven't got it yet. You just haven't got it the first time. And, and so he keeps bringing this and it's like a, and here he is, you know, I've been married 45 years. He's been married five months and he says, Uh, The Lord was just showing me that he wants me to love my wife the way he authentically created her to be loved. What? Okay. And so I, I, first of all, I like the way that sounds. Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh. So I repeat it to Debbie. Tell her about it. Tell you guys about it. Mm -hmm. Thinking, okay, I'm going to do that. And then the Holy Spirit just kind of taps you. You know how he gets your attention? He just taps you on and says, you're not getting this yet. You're still relating to her from your own selfish perspective. And I thought, but I have rights. Oh, that's not the authentic way that you created her to be loved. It's like, oh, but, 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 and anytime you have a butt like that, just forget it. It's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. And it's like, okay, if we apply this to our spouse, and then we start applying it to all human beings, it will change our whole perception. We will get a Father God perception of how he loves everyone on the planet the ones that are our enemies, the ones who use us, the ones who abuse us, the ones who say things evil about us, we have to understand that he has always created every one of us in his image, male and female, to be authentically created, to be loved. That's our number one need, is the need to to be loved. And it's the number one mission and joy of our life 
that we have the opportunity in partnering with the God who is love and allow his love to manifest through us to others. Boy, I'd save myself a whole ton of marriage counseling if I could just get that across. And I'd save myself a whole lot of grief too. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. Bring it to light. Second thing, and I, I know... Uh, we've got a small group that's going through uh, Living Like Jesus by Putty Putman. Several have read the book. If, if, if I just make the waters muddy right now, read the book. Putty presents it in a way that will clarify it. But the, the thing that I understand that was an epiphany was when Graham uh, Cook spoke this, and then Putty really, he elaborates and, and does a wonderful job is that I don't have a sin nature. I may have a sin pattern, but I do not have a sin nature. And this goes all the way back to what happens at salvation. And looking at the scriptures and what the scripture says, it says that we have died with Jesus. That when Jesus died upon the cross, There is an identification with his crucifixion that we have where we're co-crucified with Christ. And so our sinful nature is gone. The problem that we have is that we have so many different theological positions on some of the stuff and we have an adversary who, who loves to try to make things confusing and he tries to get us to own stuff that we should never own. And when he can trick us into thinking that, well, the reason why I did that is because I've got my sin nature still, still there. We can, we can give lip service to a theological position, but the way we live when we sin, the enemy's constantly there and attacking and said, eh. and, and he, tricks, he, he tricks people all the time. I remember how much I grieved when my dad was working at Allison's and he loved the Lord and he was witnessing and, and one guy got saved and somebody was at a revival meeting and they got saved and they came back to work and the co-workers would start making a little lottery and says, yeah, I'll give him two weeks. And it's amazing how many times the enemy was able to trick them to believe what God did for them, God didn't do for them. And, and I think part of the insight that I'm getting is the way he does it is that when we have a pattern, and especially if there's an addiction attached to that pattern, and we go back and we do that addiction, then the devil's right there to say, see, you didn't really mean it. You, it's not really true. You really didn't die with Christ. You know, it's, it's, it's the crazy uh, Princess Bride concept that uh, Putty talks about that I just cracked up when, you know, when, when the, one of the characters dies and they take him to a healer and he says, well, he's dead. And he said, no, he's mostly dead. <laughs> and it's like, mostly dead? And just the spoof of all of that. I just, that somehow that just really clicked. And the epiphany is you do not have a sin nature anymore if you are in Christ Jesus. That has been dealt a death blow 
and separated. You still have all sorts of things that the enemy uses against you and tempts you and tries to get you. And if he can get you to believe that you still have a sin nature, then when you sin, you can just say, well, that's my nature. You know, I, I, how could I not? You know, that's just still in me. I can't. If it's a pattern, it's a pattern that can change. A lot of times when we look at our nature, we think, well, that's the nature. That's the essence of who I am. And since I was born in sin and my mother conceived me in sin, sin's always going to be a part of my life. But if it's not my nature, if the death of Jesus and the regeneration with Christ Jesus has killed that nature, then now I may have a pattern when I get depressed, I may act out this way. Or when I get lonely, I may make some bad judgment calls. Or when, I, when everybody's ganging up on me, I might go back and try what I know gets me out of my pain. But that's not. And that's why when Paul's writing in Romans 6, 7, 8, when he's talking about the flesh, You'll notice that he never, the personal pronoun is not, it's your flesh. Did you ever see that in the scriptures? My flesh? No. Your flesh? It's the flesh. So we may be doing some battle with the enemy, the kingdom of darkness, the world and its system, and we may be doing a battle with the flesh, but it is not your flesh. It's not your sinful nature. The enemy keeps duping us. And I, it's, it's amazing, as long as he can keep us in, in the fog, how much mileage he can get out of this. How much he can trick us and how much uh, defeat and guilt and condemnation and, and how we still struggle with the same thing. Because what happens growing up in the holiness tradition, the holiness denomination, because I wanted to be holy, the way I get holy is to focus on everywhere where I don't measure up. Focus on my sin, double down, make a double effort to make sure that I don't do that today, and that will never work. Because what you focus on is what you meditate on. It's what's part that's just playing over and over. That's why you overcome sin <laughs> with his grace. When you meditate and you get closer and closer to him, you get free from sin. You really do. Why? Because you tried harder? Because you had it posted on the refrigerator? No. Because you put those things around that remind you of how much he loves you and who he is and how wonderful he is and what he's done for you. When you... When, when you're aware of his presence, I think it's the greatest, it's the greatest uh, safeguard against sin is that you're aware of his presence. Amen. I can't think of one time that I chose to do sin that I was aware that Jesus was right there. Somehow the enemy knows how to do this whole dynamic of cutting away and doing this and this and this and until all of a sudden you forget who you are, 
You forget who he is. And now temptation has more pull than it normally would. I don't know if that's communicating. Read Putty's book. If, if I just messed you up and you're just thinking, that's not my experience. Well, that's true. It may not be your experience the way we define our terms, but it is scriptural. And so you might want to look at that. Buddy's book, Living Like Jesus. Wonderful book. Let's see. Three, take every thought captive that doesn't line up with the Father's thoughts. Mm. You know, I heard this from Bill Johnson, and, and it, just, it was just like, poof, one of those epiphany moments when he said, I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that the Father doesn't have in his. And I just thought, whoa, that's a pretty big statement. And then I thought, oh, but we have the mind of Christ. Oh. But that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. We've got all our, all our experiences, all our history before Christ and even after Christ that we've dealt with as one reality, and then we've got God's reality of what really the situation is over here. And we find that most of our journey in our Christian development and growth is getting rid of the, of the errors and the deceit and the lies and everything that's over here and exchanging it for what's over here. What's God's perspective? What's his heart? What's his truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what's he do? He gives us the spirit of truth to lead us and to guide us so that we can walk in truth. I get excited about this. Well, this is good. So we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The only one who knows the mind of God is the Spirit of God. And he's given us his Spirit. We were birthed by his Spirit. We live and we have the opportunity to daily walk in step with his Spirit. The mind that is fixed on the Spirit doesn't do the things of the flesh. So anytime I find that the enemy's temptation that's going to the flesh, it's like, ah, let's use that as the springboard to say, I need more focus on the spirit. I need to set my attention and zero in on what the spirit's doing right now. What is the spirit saying? The spirit will lead us into all truth. And right now, the temptation's looking awfully strong. Use that as the springboard. For those that have done counseling with me, you know that I'm always looking whatever technique the devil's using against you to keep you separated and to keep you uh, defeated. Use that as the springboard to launch into the presence of God. So, so if, he's using, if he's using a temptation and it's over and over again, use that temptation to jump right into the arms of the Father. Amen. Use that temptation to spend time with the bridegroom. You're his bride. 
use that temptation to say, no, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit and invite the Holy Spirit to bring the full glory of God into your life. Well, that's what I have for you. It's an epiphany. 2019, I think we're going to have so many epiphanies, it's going to be amazing. Uh, just be, you might want to get your epiphany journal out for 2019 and start logging all the things of when God speaks and the light bulb goes on or you watch something and all, all of a sudden, because, you know, he speaks in so many different ways. I thank him for his word. I really oh, do yeah. thank him for his word. That's, that's, that's wonderful. But he can speak through circumstances, through another individual, through a movie. Jeepers. I've had several movies where I just started crying because the Lord was speaking and I saw something that I had never seen before. He can speak in so many different ways. Are you looking at the sunsets? Yeah. They're displaying his majesty, his handiwork. They're speaking of his glory every evening. <laughs> I've got a friend that uh, he has uh, sunset prayers. And every, every sunset he's out and he's writing a new prayer and he puts it online. Because when he sees the sunset, it inspires something inside of him to just praise the Lord and to thank God, rejoicing. So my prayer is for 2019, we'll have a year of loving deeply and a year of incredible epiphanies. Now the epiphany starts today and in many traditions, it goes all the way up to Lent. So from here to Lent is epiphany season. Yeah. Okay. And in keeping with that, just as you shared your little epiphanies from 2018, you are the next sermon series. See, I'm getting wise in my old age. I thought, I think I'll start a sermon series where I don't have to preach. And... Uh, Chuck's going to preach next week. He's, he's right. up and he will share. And even in his sharing will help us even get more of an idea of how he wants, how, how this series will be formulated. David Graham has already spoken for the first Sunday of February. They're not with us today. They're doggy sick and they're administering meds and all that kind of stuff. But he says he's launching Heavenly Father's Love Bombs over in prayer to us today. Thank you, Dave. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to have people share, and the thing that we want you to share is the thing that the Lord just exploded to you. Could be a lifetime scripture verse that, that's always been your life verse. When you got saved, boom, and he's just continuing to bring revelation about that verse your whole life. We want to hear that. It can be a three to five minute testimony. We're going to make allowances for that. It could be a 10 minute testimony of which we might have two or three share. It could be a 15 minute testimony uh, slash preaching. By the time you get 15 minutes, we got to call it preaching. <laughs> <clears throat> so you'll be invited to that. It, it may be that you need the whole 30 minutes because that's all I ever go is 30 minutes. Right? So you may need the whole 30 minutes or something like that. And some of you might want to pair up with one another and say, you know, why don't we do a, a, a you know, I'll do 
this part and you do this part and, and focus. The thing that we'd like to do, uh, we'd like to receive as leadership is if you would let us know that you would, you would like to share, fill that in on the connect card and what your scripture passage is, okay? We'd like to know that. We want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're not doing that old-fashioned, you guys, I'm going to bore you with this, but back in the day it was people were trying to hear a word from God so they'd open up their Bible and speak to me, Lord. And Judas went out and hung himself. Oh, speak to me, Lord. Go thou and do likewise. (laughs) No, no, no. We want to make sure that we're staying the course, okay? So let us know what your scripture verse is going to be, what the essence is of, of, of what you're going to say. You don't have to give us the whole thing, but just so that we know it's not heresy. Mike? Yes. <laughs> He's my buddy. <laughs> so that's the new sermon plan, the new sermon series. I think it might take us all the way to Lent. But uh, you'd be praying about it. We've already had Flo and Ernie do the Advent candle, and Flo's, she's a preacher. I'm sure Ernie is. And, uh, you know, Tess, we know Tess can preach. Sarah's amazing. You're really going to love when Sarah gets up and shares. I, I can't wait. Rebecca, the Holy Spirit needs to work on a little more. So pray for Rebecca, because she thinks that she can't do this. And... She's given me the most powerful word I've ever received in my entire life. OMG. One sentence. She's like my wife. They can say one word and, and just cause us all to repent. And uh, so well, let's be praying for Rebecca that you know she will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, not the manipulation of her pastor, but the leading of the Holy Spirit. We want to make sure that those, those are different. Those are not the same. Okay. Ashley. Oh, Ashley and and Eric are already on the schedule. How good. So yeah, I think they're both going to need a whole slot. But, uh, Is Rick going to be on the schedule? Uh, occasionally, I'll fill in the missing pieces, <laughs> and Rick B will be on the schedule. Yeah, definitely. Okay, all hearts clear. Yeah. Let's just wait upon the Lord. Ask the Lord to just give you uh, any sense of ministry that he wants to do this morning. See if he lays anybody on your heart. You need to make an inquiry and see how they're doing. Or you may just want to go to them and and give them a blessing. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, as we seek to to do body life and ministry life the way (laughs) Jesus did it. We just want to open our heart to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Show us where there's need, where there's a need for encouragement, where there's uh, joy, that we just need to come and rejoice with those who are rejoicing, where there's sorrow, Lord, where we need to weep with those who are weeping. Lord, where we can plug in and be part of your redemptive expression of love today to another person. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.